0: Hey everyone, it's Gabby and Danny. And Manny. And you're listening to Oye. Let's talk. Oye, mi gente, guess what? It is officially November and it has been Woo-hoo. for a little bit. I yeah, the Scorpio season. <laughs> Can you believe that we are approaching the end of the year? But before we do, there are the holidays, and I'm talking about your Kwanzas, your Hanukkahs, your New Year's, your Christmas. But first, there's one in America that we celebrate called Thanksgiving. And how rude is it to make November, the month of Thanksgiving, Native American Indian Heritage Month? I don't know why they did that. Point being, it's been that way since 1990. And they decided that on August 3rd. So like a few months beforehand, they're like, hey, let's make November the shindig. Thank you, George H.W. Bush. <laughs> um, But to go ahead and put some context to this month and not just have those fancy social media posts, we brought in a guest today. Danielle, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell the people who you are. Hi,
1: guys. My name is Danielle, and I am from Jacksonville, Florida, but I moved down to Orlando. I used to go to UNF as a poli-sci major, and I was actually adopted when I was a young girl. I guess, like, I think I was four days old when I was adopted. But an interesting fact is that I was actually adopted from a reservation in Wisconsin called Menominee. And so my biological parents still currently live on the reservation. I haven't met them, but my adoptive parents have. Wow, that's amazing. And the adoption was actually kind of really hard for my parents to adopt me because you have to go through a lot of things with the government and at one point i believe like not my biological parents but part of the family members wanted to adopt me themselves and that's what made it hard for my parents to adopt me because in the culture your family has more like i guess a first choice sort of thing my adoption agency Turned out to be really shady and lost all of my records stating that I was from a Native American family. So that actually made it a little bit easier for my parents to adopt me. But at the same time, I feel like that was kind of. I guess, problematic because now, like today, I don't have any of those papers or anything, but I'm still currently trying to like re-get them. And my adoptive dad has been helping me too.
0: What great adoptive parents or your parents to be able to help you keep in touch with your culture. And Danielle, thank you so much for being open about your story and joining us today.
2: Yes, thank
0: you. Mm-hmm. So we brought Danielle on because as you heard, she is part of the Menomi? Menomi? Menominee. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So I'm learning, I'm learning, y'all. And I actually had never heard of that tribe. And for reference, there's about 574 federally recognized tribes in the U.S. Um, That's between Native American, Indian or Indigenous and Alaskan Native. So I want to note the key word federally recognized. There are
3: probably, you know, how many more out there that are just not recognized by the government.
0: Precisely. So I wanted to bring Danielle on because I think so often, especially since most of us are from Florida, we hear of Cherokee or Seminole, um, but I think she can add some perspective. And I think personally, Danielle, the perspective that you can give us today is your journey about learning about this culture, because those who don't identify with it are trying to learn too. So why don't you give us some background on how you learned about your roots and what you want other people to know about?
1: So my dad was mainly like my adoptive dad was mainly one of the persons who really helped me get back into the culture and learn more about my biological family because my mom was kind of like iffy about it because to her like I'm her child like she didn't really want me going to see my biological parents and stuff like that which I still haven't met them yet my dad was the one who helped contact the adoption agency that's when we found out that they like lost all of my files and stuff but one of the ladies in my old neighborhood worked for the agency so she was able to help us a little bit more and we were able to find like the tribe and like the specific locations and stuff like where my parents currently live I just haven't reached out to them yet and then what also helped me get back into the culture is I started making TikToks actually and I've made like a bunch of friends over TikTok who are from different tribes and stuff like that And then I also started researching like my tribe in general. And this tribe, actually, I believe in the 50s, they were unrecognized and then they regained recognition. But I forget like a little bit here and there of what really happened. But I thought that was really cool because I believe there's only 5000 people in the tribe. And that's why like the numbers is one of the reasons why it became unrecognized. Hmm.
3: Danielle, can I ask you when you found out that you were Native American, like how old were you? And were you Mm -hmm. like... Intrigued by it? Or were you kind of like, mm, I don't know if I identify. I've known my whole
1: life, like ever since I was able to like understand. I guess I would say probably kindergarten or something like that, because they were my parents were really open with me being adopted and then being Native American too, but they didn't know the specific details about it. But as I got older, that's when I started more like researching and stuff like that.
3: I wonder. And I question, do you think or do you know of any Native Americans that sort of um, are annoyed at museums that have all these artifacts? Because I assume that a lot of because of our history and everything and the way they're portrayed, they're not too happy about like the narrative itself. So maybe... I don't know if there are any like misconceptions being told like in museums and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I believe there probably are some that would be upset about having items in museums, I know in one of my classes, I did take a Native American class and there was a problem in, I believe, somewhere in Canada where they were using new items as a tourist attraction and the tribe there was trying to regain all of their artifacts back. And the only way that they were allowed to have their artifacts back was to create a museum, which I thought was like, I was like, oh my gosh, but that's how they ended up. Regaining all of their items, but they had to turn it into another tourist attraction. So it's kind of just like a whole cycle over and over again. And I do know like there are some older um, natives that also like I know most of them don't speak English, like my parents did not speak English or my biological parents did not speak English. And I know on TikTok, there's a bunch of activists that do speak about that too.
0: So that's what I want to talk about a little bit because that's how I came up with the idea of this episode because of TikTok culture. And I feel like social media is such a great way for people to Learn different cultures or understand the issues that are impacting other communities. So, why don't you give us a peek of what that TikTok culture looks like and how you came to be part of it?
1: Mm -hmm. I believe one of their pages came onto my TikTok like last year. It was something like to one of the trending sounds, introduce yourself and what tribe you're from. So, I like did that myself, and a lot of people from the native communities all started like commenting and like following me and I would follow them back so I do have a lot of friends who are indigenous but I've never met them one girl I know has a like, eating business on TikTok and she shows off all of her products on there there's another girl that I know who d- talks about residential schools all the time and then there's some that do dances there's like a bunch of different types of videos people make. Some are like more cultural with the food based. I just think I think it's really cool how like big the community is, at least on TikTok. And not a lot of people really follow it unless you have like the same interest, I guess, if that makes sense.
0: So you also mentioned residential schools. Can you tell our listeners what that
1: is? There are schools like boarding schools where um, Native Americans were sort of like forced by I want to say colonizers but by people to call um, them out call out the non-native Americans (laughs) (laughs) um they were forced to go to school for like education I guess but they also a big thing was that they cut their hair forced them and separated them from families that's another reason why most Native Americans do not cut their hair Mm -hmm. it's like I guess, in honor of those who went to residential schools.
0: Wow, like, it's kind of like a symbol of protest. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Danielle, I want to ask you specifically, you know, in real, you know, in real life and on TikTok as well, I, I think, you know, I think about our own Hispanic community and the way sometimes our own community questions our identity of, you know, are you Hispanic enough if you're this or you're that? Have you ever before been questioned like, you know, how Native American can you be that makes you Native American? Like, have you ever experienced that where someone questioned your identity?
1: Uh, I experience it all the time. And I believe most of it is due to like having a lighter like skin tone, because a lot of people do only believe in the stereotypical of what a Native American looks like. And usually that is more of a Southern Native person like in the Hollywood movies and stuff like that how they're portrayed but there's like so many different types of indigenous people I do know like whenever I do tell somebody they always seem shocked because I don't look like a stereotypical Native American I guess but right and then there's also people that are like oh I'm like one percent Native American I'm like okay that's cool but I mean it doesn't necessarily bother me and I feel like I Probably don't experience all of the same things as most people do. I do know on some TikToks when some of my friends on there are posting about like their culture, they do get a lot of hate. I haven't gotten hate on on there yet, but people that I talk to, like in general, like in person, either don't believe me or they ask oh. to see some type of proof. Wow. Must um,
3: be so frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So on that note do percentages matter like within the tribes or is that more like an American thing does like the percentage matter like in terms of that or even benefits
1: um I guess percentages only matter for our government I do know a lot of people have spoken about how it's called blood quantum where to see how much native blood you have but a lot of the communities don't they look past that i guess if that makes sense a lot of the blood quantum was created by the government so that they would know who to send money to and stuff like that but i do know a lot of people don't really take into account of like your blood quantum (laughs) if that makes sense too Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. thank you for clarifying that
1: Mm -hmm. it's more so a government viewpoint i guess
3: yeah
2: so within in within your own within the indigenous community or even within your own community it's not something that's really defining your identity of like oh you have to be at least this percentage
1: yeah it's more so if you're family member it's more so figured out through your family like
3: lineage and stuff
1: yeah so so i wonder if you were to go back to
3: the reservation because it seems like that that's like one of your goals like to to go back and, mm-hmm. and and see for yourself like how they live and what it's do you I don't know if you know this or not but do you have to show proof because I wonder if it's like very I don't know if secretive is the word or like exclusive in a way like how how do you pro- prove in a way that like you're a part of the tribe if if you're like an outsider so to speak does that make sense yeah. someone that that they don't know is like a part of like a lineage how would that work
1: I think that at least my tribe, I know they do have, they allow visitors to come see. But if I were to want to get a tribal card, because I still don't have one yet, Is that like I an would AD? have to get my blood drawn. I was looking into it though, but it's so weird. I have to have a judge say that I'm eligible to get my blood drawn so that they can test it for a percentage, I guess, in order for me to qualify. So, Um, oh, there goes the government. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so it's, like, really, it's really hard to get um, a tribal card. Is that an ID card, I assume? Yeah, it just states, like, what tribe you're from, and then, Usually, the only benefits it would give is on the reservation. Like, what sort of benefits? What would that do? I believe when I was, like, researching some of it, it was the reservation schools on there. Um, I know my reservation has a college, so it would, like, allow the free college. Because oh, cool. also, even though I do, like, identify as Native American, I don't know if it's because I don't technically have, like, a tribal card, but I did not get any benefits at all for like UNF and stuff like that
3: and you applied or how do you like were you rejected in a way like why didn't you get the
1: benefits I on all my forms I do put Native American slash white because my mom was white and then my dad was native so I don't know I guess maybe I should have submitted a form or something I don't know it's like really hard to do it
2: so there's a like a lot of there's a lot of hurdles to prove that you're native american to the government yeah it sounds like it's like pass all these hoops then we'll consider thinking you're exactly and then you can get this card you know that says so
0: so i just want to give um our listeners some context so the menominee tribe what i from what i understand came from like five separate clans so there's there could potentially be five different cultures within them And you have bear, eagle, wolf, moose, crane. So if you think of Wisconsin, you probably could see a moose. And they kind of take credit for the reason why Wisconsin exists because of an old treaty from 1848. And they were kind of part of, from what I'm reading, um, Southern Michigan and parts of Wisconsin. And they signed a treaty with the U.S. And that's kind of how the state came about and a large portion of that area. What I love is that they say they will remain Menominee until our language is no longer spoken so language is really at the root of it if you do know um, most tribes have their own language and not everyone necessarily has a written language a lot of it was verbal and oral histories and whatnot Um, that is just a little tidbit to give more context for our listeners but Danielle I really want to shift now to talk about like some headlines hot topics like we can get some like fiery and opinionated for this part. The topic that I really want to cover is like indigenous versus native. Danielle, I don't know if you can weigh in if you personally know anyone that had a strong opinion about this. But I not per me, myself, I don't really know which one is appropriate to use at all times.
1: For me, like I'll use both terms. But I do know, I believe there was somewhere where I was reading and it was saying most people for Native Americans, you use the term Native, but for people around the world, you use the term Indigenous. But it also depends like from person to person. I personally, I'm like fine with both of the words. So maybe
3: Indigenous is like more inclusive if you're talking about like other tribes around mm-hmm. the world. Um, I did want to ask you because Thanksgiving Day is around the corner and it would like, we kind of have to address the elephant in the room. How do you feel about the way Americans celebrate Thanksgiving Day? And do you feel like it's ironic that, I guess, the government issued this historic Heritage Month, like it being the same month in November?
1: Yeah, I think it is kind of ironic. And I believe Indigenous Peoples Day is on Columbus Day now, because I read I think Biden proposed the idea and, like, changed the day to that, which a lot of people were upset about, too, um, that I know. But for Thanksgiving, I personally, like, I don't celebrate it, but my adoptive family kind of does. They, we just get together and, like, eat and stuff. There's, like, really no meaning behind it I guess is what I'm trying to say but I do know like a lot of people do like heavily celebrate it how should people celebrate this month I think um people should celebrate this month by like doing the right research and reaching out to native communities and like actually taking the time to learn about them and speak with them or even like like especially don't wear any traditional clothings especially because like with Halloween and stuff I know last year I saw a guy in a full traditional wear headdress and stuff and I called him out on it. You go girl, you tell him what's up. <laughs> yeah, I think mainly just to take the time to learn more about Native Americans. Like I know there's a lot to learn about, but just little bits at a time.
0: I love that. So as our lovely guest Danielle mentioned, this month, don't be afraid to say, oh yeah, let's learn about the real history of Thanksgiving. And let's learn about our native communities a little bit at a time. There's 574 recognized tribes. So y'all have plenty of
1: reading to do.
2: And Danielle, tell the people your TikTok so they can go on and learn more about your culture.
1: Oh, true. So my TikTok is C 904
2: Guys, go follow at C 904 <laughs> and learn more about the no, no, I. I, I
0: <laughs> you budgeted, <it>, bro.
3: <inaudible> min-
2: it. How
0: do you say it? Learn more about the. <laughs> Menominee.
2: Menominee. Menominee. Learn more about the mob. <laughs> <laughs>
0: say
2: Menominee three times fast. I'll leave well, you with that.
3: Menominee, oh. Menominee,
1: Menominee,
3: Menominee. <laughs> Oye, let's talk. <laughs>